HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode has been brought to you by Worldwide Soba, a Japanese noodle production company. This week on Meet and 3, we get ready for Super Tuesday by looking at how food shapes elections both at home and abroad. People know that you don't order a Philly cheesesteak with Swiss cheese as John Kerry did back in the 2004 cycle. A young group of friends decided that they would put up a website which told voters which polling booths had sausages. Prime Minister David Cameron was pictured about a week after this incident eating a hot dog in a bun with a knife and fork because he was so afraid. Tune in to Meet in 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, welcome to The Feed Feed, where we sit down with leaders and upstarts of the food media realm to discuss everything from navigating social media, building, engaging with, and growing a community, and producing content that resonates with young and old. I'm Jake Cohen, Editorial Director of The Feed Feed, the world's largest crowdsourced food publication and social media community, serving as your daily source of what to cook, bake, and drink. Today we are talking all things pastry with two of my favorite pastry chefs, we have Miro Uskokovic, the pastry chef of Gramercy Tavern here in New York City, as well as Hallie Meyer, the owner of Cafe Pana, literally the only place I go for gelato, ice cream, affogados. We can get into like the the, the semantics (laughs) of it. Um, Thank you both so much for coming. So fun to be here. Thank you for having us. Um, So before we kind of like dive right in, I kind of want to get some background of like what got you into food? What got you into pastry, particular? And then uh, we can go from there. Oh, I'll go first. I, I'm I'm way more curious about your background. Than <laughs> I love Miro's story. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Oh, I said it so many times. So um, I'm originally from Serbia. Well, it was Yugoslavia when I was born. Now it's Serbia. Um, I came to United States first time when I was 17 years ago uh, in a great state of Indiana, mm. Greentown, Indiana. Wow. Not many people know about it. Um, and that's where I went to high school, and um, I went back home for some time to attend uh, hospitality college. But then I realized that 
I really liked America and I really wanted to come here and opportunities to in hospitality and the restaurant industry were much more greater here than back home. So I returned here. Um, um, I worked for some time in this great pastry shop that's no longer, but uh, it was named Pastry Diva in Greentown, Indiana, and this is how I got into American baking and cakes and cookies, and I got really interested and curious. I wasn't sure do I want to do desserts or pastry. Uh, you know, I love cooking, so I went to Coney Institute of America. Uh, I did the culinary program there, and then I've I worked as a cook for some time until I got an opportunity to be an intern on my days off at uh, Jean Georges Restaurant. Um, at that time, it was John Uzini working in the Jean Georges, and he invited me just you know to come and stash a couple days a week, and I did, and I really wow. liked it, and I was like, you know what? Why don't I just stick to pastry for some time and then I'll go Thank back God to savory <laughs> and you know I kind of progressed fairly quickly and I really loved it and there's really no no way back and I just stick to it and you know from there I went to Aldea and, and Tidal and Gramercy Tavern so I've I'm, I'm glad that I stick to pastry I, I love, love it. it it's not crazy that it could be like you wouldn't expect it at all like from before yes, no. you had those internships <laughs> yes I mean it's um my mother was a great baker, and she did. She had like a small cake making business from home. Uh, what, back home. what are those kinds of desserts like from back in in Serbia? Very, very different than than here. And Serbia is a strategically in a very geographically interesting uh, a place in Europe. It is right where um, that Middle Eastern influence, where the, the, the region which was. Uh, conquered by Ottoman Empire and influenced by the Middle Eastern cooking a lot. So you will see a lot of that on south of uh, Serbia as well as Macedonia, Bulgaria. And then north, where I come from, used to belong to Austro-Hungarian Empire. So you will see a lot of tortes and like, you know, different kolaches and, 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 and cookies. Mm-hmm. So it's this like mesh of like, you know, Middle Eastern sweets, like soaked in simple syrup, yeah, rose right. water flavored, and then next to like dobosh cake and zaka cake and like musi. So it was really, really interesting interesting and you know i was very and and the sweet culture is is huge like people love to eat sweets like Mm -hmm. we eat sweets we don't eat them for breakfast like you do here we find it quite weird honestly (laughs) but like you know lunch dinner afternoon tea we eat a lot a lot of sweets i love it um hallie so to just go back the first time we met was yeah. at the premier fourth of july party in northern connecticut oh my God, that's party. Right. um wow. because over an ice cream sandwich over an ice cream over sandwich like because those... we realized my husband went to college with your boyfriend totally. and was in the same farsi class and we were talking and then you were explaining because i think you had just come back from mm-hmm. italy yes. for po- but this was your pasta stint yes and I immediately <laughs> put two and two together. I was like, oh, you're Hallie. Yeah. Um, what was, like, what started your love affair with Italy and the food? Yeah. And how did that transition into ice cream? Totally. Well, first of all, it was it was a chipwich that it we was met a, over. Yes, it was a chipwich. And I feel like chipwiches are just, like, so underrated. Like, there's 100%. something. It's actually really hard. I know this is not your question, but it's actually really hard to, like, make an ice cream sandwich where the cookie stays soft in the yes. freezer. Yes. But they have mastered it, so like, been like studying that ingredient label. Oh, <laughs> coming, coming soon to Cafe Pan. Maybe yeah, we start doing cookies. Yeah. But ah. um, for me, I've loved ice cream my whole entire life. Um, like, but then again, who doesn't? So like, that's not really that interesting. But um, I think my parents took me to Italy like seven times before I turned one or something like that. They always joke that they had me like 
chewing on wine corks, like teething when I was. <laughs> that's cute. Oh, I love that. And so I'm like, okay, I hope that's like okay for development and stuff. But um, <laughs> it turned out okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's always kind of been part of um, part of what you know we talk about at home. And you know, I, I grew up in a family in the restaurant business, and uh-huh. so it's always kind of been something that. Um, I knew I wanted to do, even if I didn't tell them I wanted to do it. Did you? Because um, I feel like that happens a lot. And the, the and I, especially in New York, I found this fascination. Yeah. I've become close with like the owners of Russ and Daughters and that conversation around like, are you going to push your kids to like yeah. take over this family business? Or you not even take over a family business, but get right. involved in that same industry. Right. Um, and a lot of times you think of like, no, screw you, mom, screw you, dad. Yeah. I'm going to go do something completely different. 100%. Well, so I think... Fun fact, I am the one of the four children, the yes. only one that has never worked at Union Square Hospitality Group. Gotcha. So I oh, take really? great pride in that. <laughs> but I'm also... <laughs> have, have all of your, have your brothers and sisters Yeah, work. in various capacities. Gotcha. I, Charles worked at Untitled. Oh, yes. Um, yes, you're right. Gretchen worked at Daily Provisions. Peyton worked at the at the home office. Gotcha. Um, but... Well, then uh, I, guess, I guess for context for everyone yeah. listening, your father is Danny Meyer. Yes. I think that we would put two and two yeah. together. Um, but... Coolest so you, part about that is I got to know Miro. So. I mean, 100%. <laughs> um, um, which is funny because the pairing of you two here together has yeah. nothing to do with that, which we'll That's get cool. into shortly. Thank you. I'm honored to be next to you. Oh, um, I'm honored to be next to you, too. Oh, love it. Yay. So, ice cream, Italy. So, so, yeah. So, here's the thing. Loved ice cream my whole life. Um, spent a bunch of time in Italy, uh, you know, kind of growing up. And then during college, um, I really got into cooking and food I sort of always knew I wanted to do this I mean like from high school I was having like bake sales around Gramercy Park and like selling tartlets so like it's funny because people actually who come to Cafe Pan are like I remember when you and I'm like great um, and so so always something I wanted to do um, and then during college I spent uh, a summer working in southern Italy um, uh, on like an agroturismo uh, where a friend of mine was doing the farming and I was like my job was like to cook meals for the people who were coming in and out. It was, you know, very much like a, a startup thing. This is after our freshman year. Um, and I just, I didn't even really speak Italian at that point. I just sort of like knew Italian food words, but it was a very like old, like Priano, like they just started using cash in 1950, like no English. So we just were completely immersed, fell in love with the cafe bar, gelateria culture there. And then um, throughout college kind of did more like social social justice side of food uh-huh. uh, work in kind of different nonprofit capacities, but also had like a catering company in college. Like I always wanted to do this. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, ended up going to, to Rome for four months to work, uh, in a kitchen, uh, called the American Academy in Rome, uh, a program called the Rome sustainable food project. Um, which like you both would absolutely love if you ever go to Rome, you should totally stop by the Academy. Um, it's actually a program that Alice Waters founded. So they have this... Heard of her. Yeah. They have this garden, um, and the American Academy is, like, this place where academics, architects, professors, whatever you are, you apply for this two-year fellowship in heaven, you go live in this place in Rome, and then you have these, like, interns coming to cook for you with this amazing food under the chef there, which oh is, God. you know, overseen by Alice Waters. So very, um, very cool experience working in a kitchen in Rome, and then living in Rome was really the, the part that, like pushed me over the edge and was like, all right, I have to do this. Um, at that point, I was very into ice cream just as uh, a consumer of it and also like, you know, you making were, it at I home. I mean, I think the, the first the first, <laughs> the first, first thing we can talk about is Two Girls, Two Cones. Yes, Two Girls, Two Cones. Of, what is, is Two Girls, Two Cones? Two Girls, Two Cones is an Instagram that I started with a friend of mine who, not kidding, 
right now she's doing a one week stage at Cafe Pana and she's in the kitchen right now as we I speak. Love it. Um, but we started this Instagram together just because we we liked ice cream when we were eating all the time, wanted to post it. Um, but that's kind of always been a fun way to uh, to document all the ice cream that I'm trying, and especially when I was in Rome, like made a point of going to at least two different gelaterias every single day. So really got to know like the culture of the cafe bar gelateria, which in case in case you guys don't know, it's it's um, it's very different the way they they do uh, gelato in Italy than they do ice cream here. Yeah, it's kind of this like very chill everyday thing. Um, you come in, it's very like low commitment, it's cheap, pretty small portions actually, and like it's a place you go in the morning for coffee and the afternoon for affogato, and also probably later in the evening for aperitivo. So it's kind of more of this like it's a cafe. Mm-hmm. That that's what it is. It's not this like ice cream store but I also really love certain elements of the American like ice cream tradition so oh, Cafe yeah. Pan is kind like, of like like Cold Stone right like <laughs> let's put a lot of fun stuff yes, in it 100% and, like let's not have rules about what flavors you can have right like, I love in Italy that. it's like pistacchio cafe and like yeah, that's yeah, it yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. but yeah um, so came back um, started I actually did a year of service with AmeriCorps in the South Bronx and I started selling the ice cream in the Bronx at pop-ups by mm-hmm. the school. And, um, like, every Monday would take a lunch break and, like, start selling it during the lunch break. And then, like, people would come back week over week. And I was like, okay, I think this is it. So I went back to Italy to work at a gelateria that I had fallen in love with. And then um, a year ago, started looking for spaces and... Actually, a year ago, signed the lease, like literally a year ago. Wow. Um, and then uh, here we are, Cafe And Pana. it's funny enough, it's like these are, you two create my favorite desserts in the city. Like that's so just cool. not Thank a... Thank you. I, I've been coming for your ice cream. You So you started bringing ice cream to my Shabbats, and that yes. was where I first fell in love with the flavors and the mix-ins. And then Gramercy is just like... Again, I, I try not to keep the podcast just like me, like singing praises and having people on that I just love just and adore. <laughs> um, but I kind of want to talk a little bit about like inspiration because Miro, you talked about coming mm. in. You obviously, this kid from Europe coming to the middle of America, learning about American desserts, and now coming to New York, which is like obviously people hate me because I say it's like the epicenter of the universe because like but it's such it's not that we are snobby it is it is I yeah. mean in terms of food at least so no, I think it's a capital of the world whatever I'm sorry other cities <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of like how you are then taking this Michelin star restaurant menu and then making it yours while still keeping it authentic mm. what has been your approach Oh, no approach. <laughs> that was, I mean, it was just evolution, I would say. If I look back and see some of my desserts that I did at the beginning um, and what I do today, I mean, there's, in essence, there are some similarities, but it kind of evolved, right? Like when you start in this career, um, you're taught uh, French techniques or what we consider modern French techniques. And, uh, you know, I worked in a three-star Michelin restaurant, which was, you know, French restaurant with some Asian accent so a lot of my background was in that realm um, but then again as you mentioned when I did arrive in America I worked in American bakery which produced American cakes and cookies and I always loved it and admired but it also took me a very long time to get used to it because mm-hmm. European 
sweets that I was used to in American sweets are very different. Like, you know, different level of sugars. American like it much more sweeter, more denser, a lot more butter, flour, yeah. oh, and yeah. so on, <laughs> which was off. very unique yep. to me. Crack the code. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which was very, like, unusual to me, I want to say. And, um, you know, because our desserts are much more lighter and moussey and, and less sweet and, you know, more salt and so on. But um, uh, to go back, you know, after uh, Jean-Georges, you know, I kind of... I went to Aldea, which was again like you know, rooted in French techniques, but a bit like Portuguese influence. So it was kind of like for some time, even in the beginning of the Gourmet Tavern, I was confused what I want to do. You know, they want to do these like fancy molds and glazes and bunch of components and flowers and so on. And then later realized that what I really want to create are desserts that, of course, are beautiful, but then that they're delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, that go with Ito's of Gramercy Tavern, which is the farm-to-table restaurant that is focused on supporting local farmers and, and getting local ingredients and creating something that's delicious that people want to eat time after time. Not folk, you know, focus on, on plating and look was just a secondary to ingredients and the, the flavor um, of a dessert. And... Um, Sure, like as I said, Gramercy Tavern is a pioneer of farm to table um, um, movement, and there's a lot of restaurants who do that. But I always feel like the restaurants who do that, they're great when it comes to the savory menu, mm-hmm. but they don't always do a great job when it comes to the dessert menu. They'll mm-hmm. get maybe it's fruits. Like an afterthought. Yeah, yeah, they'll get fruits my, for my sure. Bane of my existence yeah. is when you have such a great meal, especially you know what it totally. is. It's a lot of these like yeah. new, like trendy spots right. where yes. where like oh well, we don't like our, our desserts too sweet. I went to this one restaurant and what they served was not dessert. Like it was like <laughs> yes. they put Eddie shirt. Like, I, I get I got like limiting the amount, but it was yeah. It was like no, I, like yeah, you just gave me like another appetizer. A teaspoon of ice cream. Excuse me. Yes, mm-hmm. I once had like a salt, like something that looked like a churubas was actually a salsify. And sure, the the technique behind it and the thought process, everything was interesting, but. If if the look and thought process is more interesting than the actual flavor, yeah. then oh, things kind of fall flat, right? Yes. So that's why I say like you have to make sure that it's delicious yep. so people come back and then think about how you put it together. That's how mm-hmm. I approach every made desserts. I create it and then I think what plate is gonna be, how is it going to look and and, and so on. So uh, yeah, I, I agree. So but and as I said, like you know, a lot of people did like you know, maybe they had local fruits, but that was about it. Like they didn't really care much about dairy, flour sugar butter eggs and i understand that because uh, baking and pastry is a science and um it, we are used to using conventional ingredients which mm. are bread to be consistent all the time like you know flour pillsbury flour from 1950 to 2020 is probably same mm-hmm. there's like no no difference but you know using local locally uh, grown and milled flour or, um, you know, Battenkill creamery, heavy cream versus, you know, just regular commercial uh, cream is very, very different and sometimes can be different from batch to batch for season to season. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like, you know, different sugars. If you don't want to use white sugar and you're using something like maple, jaggery. A so great on. recipe for your pumpkin <laughs> maple meringue pie yes, on yeah. feedfeed.com. Yes, go Ooh. and check it out and make okay, it please. Um, that, I mean, I think that that's a really beautiful segue to now like social. And when I think of the reason that I brought you both on together is you're both these forces in the world of dessert, but you have used social media kind of as this platform to kind of put dessert first. When I am thinking about like what I want to do for either the weekend or I'm like 
talking to my husband of like, where are we going for dinner to celebrate what? Nine times out of 10, it's influenced by you've posted the daily menu and I see right. something <laughs> or you've posted a dessert special and are promoting it on your own personal social medias as well as the mm-hmm. company's social medias to really like just hit everyone over the head like this is what you need to be eating right now what was the thought process behind that did it just come organically and then what is like the result of you using social to try to push menu items i i I would have to say miro's instagram is like the um it's like if the gramercy tavern instagram got like edited of all the like cut the fat and like, let's get straight to the point. Straight to the point. Yes. <laughs> what is the special Sunday this month? A hundred percent. Most of the time it's yeah. around the Sunday. I see a Sunday flavor. Yeah, I'm totally. like, I, I'm going to well, need it. Ju- yeah. I mean, just sort of, uh, you know, there's so much to talk about here, but like to respond to what you're saying about, um, I think the way that you approach your desserts is super special because while there is a ton of thought put into it at the end of the day, it's in a format that is exciting and delightful to people, yeah. which is like an ice cream sundae, which and is familiar, like yes. totally, totally. Um, you can scare them off. That. Exactly. And that's why, that's part of why I like want to do ice cream because it's not just cause I love eating it and like, it's fun to make and there's an amazing amount of combinations you can do, but anyone you tell them like, Oh, I own an ice cream store. Their eyes light up. Doesn't matter who yeah. you are, what your background is, 100%. what ice cream you've had. Maybe you've never had fancy artisanal ice cream. Doesn't matter. Like it's, you've had a chip, which or whatever it That's is. It. It's a very like excessively. Delightful I haven't had concept. this chip, which now I have to go and you've get never this had chip a chip, which yeah. no, I don't even know what you're talking oh, about. Oh my God. So it's an ice cream, it's, an ice cream it's, it's chocolate yeah. chip cookies, sandwiching, vanilla ice cream. And okay. it's like really high air, bad vanilla oh, ice yeah, cream. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like, really it's frozen, it's frozen whipped cream. <laughs> it's like it's crunchy mini chocolate chips. Yeah. Yeah. Now I have to get this. Yeah. Yeah. You should. And um, you can't, the thing is, you you can't use, like, good, fancy you chocolate chip Mm-mm. cookies because they are too high in fat, so they just become, like, hard like a uh, rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, totally. Sorry it's, a, it's, it's, no. very, it's very science-y. Actually, the other day, uh, well, this is just sort of, like, getting to the point of, like, ice cream has to be delightful and accessible. Like, we import hazelnuts from Piemonte. We use um, Sicilian pistachios. We get all this crazy stuff, like the olive oil we get is from Piano Grigio in Sicily. Mm-hmm. Like, all this stuff that it's like, you're putting that at an ice cream store? Like, you're using an Italian importer? Yes, but also, like, we infused Chips Ahoy into an ice cream base. And, like, that's the fun with I ice cream. It. it can be It can be. Well, I mean, I think the combination and one of the motifs with both of yours is that high-low mentality yeah. of, like, bringing in a lot of nostalgic desserts that are then elevated to the sense of it's like now this is a restaurant dessert in the same way that you'll take ice cream and do a combination and there'll be like drizzles and chunks and gin- I had this gingerbread affogato that yes. was like it was it was amazing and yeah. it was very much so like it tasted like Christmas and right. at the same time it was completely unique and right. not something that I necessarily um, would have thought of right. um, and of course and the reason I life. the reason I got that was because I saw you post about it on Instagram. Right, yeah. Okay, yeah, so back to social media. Um, yeah, Miro's the best Instagram ever. <laughs> the way, the way I that... I don't think so. Like, <laughs> the way that, I mean, you're promoting, like, the monthly menu item. I, yeah. I feel like in Cafe Pana's case, the menu is actually, like, only on Instagram because we change the flavors every day. So mm. at 11 p.m., uh, see what we've made that day. 
post what the flavors are gonna be and then think up what the sundaes are gonna be out of those flavors. So that like hooking people in that way and also like the power of being able to interact directly with your guests every single day by saying like, here are the flavors we have today. That That is what keeps them coming back because they're getting like literally a daily update from you. You know, not to sound like too, um, I don't know, millennial, but it's like, this is your daily Cafe Pana update. Like, this is what 100%. we're up to today. Yeah. And um, and then it, well, the thing is I see it and then I go through my schedules. Like, am I going to be anywhere near Cafe Panda today? And then yeah. it's like, all right, I'm going, I'm going to go get an ice cream. Right. That's right. the point to get you there in the every day, right? Totally. Like encouraging yes. people to get yeah. and try it. I do think it's important though, that this is the case for Gramercy Tavern as well, that um, to note that a fair amount of our guests were, both in the Gramercy area. No. They don't have Instagrams, <laughs> right? True. And so they're Absolutely. just coming in because it felt good to be there for them. And yeah. they actually don't really care what the specials are. They just know that they're going to like it, whatever it is. So it's like this... this but I think that's, I think that's, for example, in New York to succeed... I think that will only get you so far. Like the foot traffic, the regulars, totally. like every, like any place is going to have that, the neighborhood people, but it's kind of pulling everyone else in where you're having people travel specifically for right. a meal at Gramercy or an ice right. cream. Right. Or in my case, a meal at Gramercy and then an ice yeah. cream. <laughs> and as you mentioned, younger generations, they are really dependent on, like us, we are dependent on social media and that's how we get our information. So you want to get as many young people to get in and mm-hmm. to excite them like you know our, our regulars are great and amazing but they tend to be a little bit of older generation as you said who doesn't yeah. have an Instagram which we need them but we also need the younger people mm-hmm. to come in that's how you sustain the business for a long time in terms of the interaction how much of that you think of like old school restaurant PR mm-hmm. and what it meant to kind of build up these networks with press or with obviously this age it's like the age of the influencer but I, I feel like both of you have done it so organically, and we'll go in and sh- shortly into Sweets and Sips with Miro. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> such, such a great job with that. Um, but what kind of ways do you think that you've built up this community, especially for you around ice cream, for you around just dessert in general, um, just through Instagram, of people like just sliding to your DMs? Yeah, right. I mean, it's like kind of, it, it's kind of like, creepy when you put it that way but um luckily when so yeah I think Instagram is like two-sided in that way because oh. like it can it can get to the point where like a, a boundary is crossed but if I really you're like, yes I hope that there are hey, no boundaries crossed in, in, no. in the ice cream but if world. you're like hey this is ice cream <laughs> that's our boundary then I think it is actually a really like useful way I mean to get guest feedback requests right like I'm sitting there trying to come up with like the flavors for the next month. Like if someone just says like, I want this great. Like we're going to get that. Like we're going to make that. So really good for that's incredible feedback for like, I'm going to start DMing you all of my, my flavor requests. Would love that. Oh my God. Free work. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a modern way the way people are, you know, texting and email. Like I get a lot of requests and even a lot of people who want to apply for a job, Mm. they send me messages on Instagram. So it's a great, great uh, platform for many things and as you said like it's organic and i try to keep my instagram account organic because it is um every i believe every instagram account is like partially a business right it is you know you're you're promoting yourself and your own craft but then there are some they're like really business oriented because they're 
that's what their job is. Mm -hmm. And then mine is really not that much. You know, I'm a pastry chef of the restaurant and that's that's my full time job. So I kind of Instagram is more personal account for me and a little bit less business. So I there's not that much pressure on me to kind of curate it. So I just kind of keep it organic. I don't, you know, of course, if I have a lot of fun, why it does so well, I I hope so, you know, and I don't really stress so much, like, you know, how many likes I got, which, because as I said, my livelihood and doesn't depend on that, but there are those people who does. And I understand why they have to make sure that it's uh, much more closely curated. I guess if I had my own business that was more tied to the Instagram, it would be a different story. But right now, I just kind of keep it chill. This is what I do. I, I like to post things from what I cook at home and I travel, people I interact with, and just kind of keep it personal and organic. I love so. it. Yeah, and I think people like want to know nowadays. Yes. They want to know like the face yes. behind the yes. desserts. Yes. They're like excited Absolutely. by that. I think people get more excited about uh, my posts, like... Uh, back of the house like mm. you know what's happening in the kitchen and things about my staff they want to know more about that than yeah. um you know every single dessert and right, right. bread that i there create you know right and with that we're going to take a quick break this episode has been brought to you by worldwide soba a japanese noodle production company Founded by Shuichi Kotani, Worldwide Soba offers noodle consulting services in addition to supplying a variety of tools for wannabe noodle makers. Want to take a class? Worldwide Soba has it. Need a traditional Japanese soba knife? Worldwide Soba has that too. To learn more, visit worldwide-soba.com. So, Miro, you have done such an incredible job gathering people within the industry you've built community like so incredibly well i think of two things when i think of you and what you've done with gramercy the first one being the pie contest every Mm. year which i was very honored to judge this year um in which jealous next year literally (laughs) the names of people that come out to judge this contest that becomes this way that you get to kind of just boost morale around the holidays for for the gramercy Mm -hmm. team so everyone makes a pie um and it could be servers but luckily not everybody yes 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 but everybody can everyone can whether it be pastry chefs savory cooks Yes. Server, front Servers, of house. anybody. Um, Orders, and anyone. And it was, it was myself. It was Jordana Rothman. It was Rose Levy Barenbaum, nice. Carla <laughs> Hall. Like, you just, you, like, everyone yeah. shows up for you. Everybody shows up. Well, not for me. Yes, but for like... you. Um, <laughs> okay. But, yeah, you, and it just becomes this incredible way to celebrate um, not only your staff, but it also then puts a spotlight on Gramercy, especially around the holidays when you think of pie. Um, yes. Hallie Miro's been making my family's Thanksgiving pies really? for the past three <laughs> years because I can't serve anything else. <laughs> right. Now you have the recipes. So I still you gotta make I, No, no. <laughs> um, and then second, which ties Hallie in because you were one of the featured guests this year, was the Sweets and Sips. So, tell, so me, tell me a little bit about what Sweets and Sips is. I've been to all of them because oh, How much amazing. time we have? It's a long story, but I'll try to make it short. I want to so. hear it because yeah. I don't think I fully understand. So, I mean, how it came to be. So, um, I always kind of felt, and I still do, that um, pastry community, and when I say pastry community, I mean everybody, not just pastry chefs. I mean pastry chefs, bakers, ice cream makers, chocolatiers, cake makers, influencers, book, cookbook writers, like everybody who works with 
with sweet in the sweet industry of, of, of food industry and uh, sweet section of the food industry, I wanted to say. And I always felt like uh, this part of food industry is always like overlooked and mm -hmm. underestimated and underrepresented in uh, food media. You know, everybody always talks about right. savory chefs, you know, the, the white yeah. dudes with the tattoos and so on. And um, it always kind of bothered me, you know. Even if you look, and you know, there's not that many articles that you will read on a weekly basis. There's spotlighting a, a pastry chef or the baker or, or some new dessert out there and if you look into awards for example like james beard award like you know there's only like two categories where mm. pastry chefs can and bakers and only pastry chefs and bakers can win but like what mm -hmm. about you what about the ice cream people what about nick morgensters what about mm. Susanna yoon and melissa Coppel who do amazing chocolates so I always felt like the pastry community was underrepresented. Um, and it's kind of funny because, you know, we're always talking about being inclusive and diverse, but the most diverse part of the food industry is the sweet world because mm -hmm. that's where you will see the most female chefs, the most immigrants, the people of color, the LGBTQ+. So like, it's the most diverse part of our industry, but yet it's always underrepresented, um, you know, I guess, typical story American story right. right it's always the minorities always underrepresented so I thought like you know how can we you know we, we are just a small part of how can we at Gramercy Tavern make and uh, change what what can we do to make a change so the first step I felt like what we can do is first bring people together and introduce mm -hmm. them and get get them to know one that's another a good first step yeah that's a good first step and then so that's how we said like okay we're going to invite as many of all pastry chefs and bakers and chocolate makers and everybody that I know of to come together in one room. And then, of course, we have to give them something to eat and drink. So I thought, like, why don't we try to highlight each time that we do this event, we try to highlight um, um, a certain people that um, I think are excited and people should know about and get to try their desserts. And, you know, as you said, Heli was doing it so uh, this year. Umber Ahmad from Mazadar, Natasha Pikovitz, Umji Lee, uh, Tyler Atwell. Those are just the people from this year, but we had many, many, many great uh, chefs and bakers and chocolate makers in past. And so, you know, I invited him to help me cater this event and create small sweet bites. Um, and, you know, when we got people in, when they were chatting over drinks and sweets they get to know one another the, you know partnerships were formed business and romantic partnerships like and we also oh, wow we, yes yeah that. That how, yeah you're the matchmaker. <laughs> matchmaker yeah it's amazing should be and you know we also open it up to like food media as well and like get them to to get in mm -hmm. you know you you i think you came on almost all of all them of i think them. all wow. every single one of them you came in and the you know concept get, of breaking down walls and creating the so often especially in, in any industry but yeah. when we talk about one especially like media that's so driven by like right. you're 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 not meeting in person you're not working together yes. in the same space if you're working with a chef on a story it's via phone it's via email or instagram um and you created those like personal connections yes. with media and the chefs especially the pastry community yes. around the city which i always found fascinating and also it became this like exclusive event that all of a sudden like oh you got invited to sweets and sex yeah well i hope i don't <laughs> want it to make it exclusive i just wish i told them like you know i told michael anthony i was a kid can we rent the whole yeah I mean, the next time we're gonna close the whole uh gramercy tavern and just we, we oh, i mean you up. basically we end up in the grill did. yeah <laughs> i mean the, our private dining room is so small like this year i had to put like tables outside of a private dining room because i knew that people were just gonna extend and overflow and it was amazing and like you know we had people from all over america come like we had legends like Cher 
Barry Yard and Emily Lucchetti and Angela Pinkerton flying from San Francisco. Like mm-hmm. Jennifer wow. Yee came in from Atlanta. Like there were just people from all over coming in. And, you know, there was established legends. And then there was up, up and coming uh, um, um, sweet people and, uh, you know, putting them in together, getting to know one another. It was so, quite, it's really it's so yeah, great. the it's amount beautiful. of comments, you know, that I would read in social media or I will get in texts or emails or even handwritten notes. It's really, really inspiring Damn and amazing. Skipped on the handwritten yeah. notes. <laughs> handwritten <laughs> notes. Uh, and, you know, I just wish more and more people do that because, as I said, that was really a first step for people to come together, you know, to, to establish this uh, community uh, that will go grow stronger because when we are stronger when we are together we are much more stronger and um, you know moving forward uh, we nobody's go, as I said nobody's going to give you um, recognition and attention unless you yourself yeah demand it um, this was our way I Speak. feel like it's also like so interestingly rare that the hospitality industry and especially like the sweets world would mm-hmm. actually get together and be like, we're celebrating because it's dessert yes. and not be like, I mean, you know, the kitchen culture that you hear about all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cutthroat and like sort of like very little like pleasure referenced in yes, the work itself. Like in, but it's so important course. to have that be front and center. And when you look from the guest perspective, like what is the one, even us, if you're looking from the guest perspective, what is the one thing that you remember the most mm-hmm. out of most of the celebrations and outings, right? Your wedding, you probably remember the cake the most, yeah. right? Like yeah. from your birthdays as I well. Had a, I, had a, uh-huh. I had a pretty crazy cake. Exactly. Yeah, you had Dominican salad, yeah. right? It was a beautiful cake, like, you know, or... or uh, you know, when you have this at birdie, like when you go out to get an ice cream, like those yeah. are the thing, go out for dinner, like the desserts can make it and break it. Yeah. So like those sweet items are usually the 100%. one that are the most memorable, mm-hmm. as I said, but yet they get the least attention in a food media compared to uh, our savory counterpart. And I'm not here to talk down to drag them, but everybody, yes, no, not at all. Everybody, I just say that everybody yes. deserves equal uh, recognition for their hard work. I love it. Well, speaking of recognition, Hallie, what is it like? Obviously, you were one of the the co-hosts this year at Sweets and Sips. Of it was like, so fun. I think, like, first of all, the whole Grand Mercy Tavern team just like they just like welcomed us into the kitchen and we're like, hey, we're gonna be taking over four <laughs> feet of your very precious space to scoop this ice cream. Um, but yeah, it's special because everyone that's in the room is like very excited to be there and they're very excited about every single bite for me um i was completely humbled by the group that i was there with everyone brought these like gorgeous intricate um i don't i can't even remember any i I remember exactly what they look like but i don't even remember like what they were they were (laughs) they were just like these little like little like petty fours and then like they they, there was texture where you like like break you like take a bite and it was filled with something creamy and it was crunchy it was obviously i sound like like a a lunatic trying to explain these little bites but they were very intricate very delicious And equally so, your desserts. You brought this yes. hazelnut gelato. That yeah, was I mean, we brought we brought like three different ice cream sundaes. But that's kind of what I love about ice cream sundaes is like you bring it to someone and it's always gonna like break down. That you you may bring a petty four to someone and they'll still be really serious. But you bring an ice cream sundae to someone like they're gonna they relax. soften up. They're gonna yeah, be like, right. oh wow, this and it it just again like breaks down the wall between yes. you and the person that you're serving um, or talking to about ice cream in general um, and sort of like very very much I'd never had like French training or I never had any culinary training like just been cooking my whole life so it's sort of like the 
all of that like very um, specific and kind of like serious approach to food, I think it's just like completely um, A, unnecessary and B, just like irrelevant when it comes to ice cream. I think like, that that's something that you both have done so well in terms of the, you mentioned Mira about authenticity and just yeah. kind of keeping it you is is neither of you really take yourselves too seriously. Yes, you um, cannot. And I think that's the I say we are not saving lives. You're probably killing people. Yeah. <laughs> so don't take yourself probably too seriously. Make it worse. Yes, so don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. That's so beautiful. Oh. Well, with that, that takes us to our lightning round. Oh, God. Um, oh, yes, it's just going to be some quick questions. I can't even handle the kombucha. <laughs> uh, oh, yes, yes. Hallie just had her first kombucha before Woo. this recording. So. Cheers. <laughs> I'm used to just, like, espresso and panna. So. There we go. There we go. Um, what's been one of your favorite meals, favorite bites of the past year? Ooh. You go first. Doesn't have to be your Anytime favorite, but just, like, one that you loved. Okay. Of the past year? Year. Um... Okay, definitely uh, my favorite dish in the whole world is cacio e pepe um, from a place in Rome, but the best place to taste cacio e pepe is actually not on a pasta here in New York City. It is on a piece of pizza from Mama's 2. Love Mama's 2. Oh, my uh, God. West 107th, I think. Yes. Um, Hands down, thing I crave the most in New York City to eat right now. Wow. Mama's too. I've only had their pepperoni pie. I'm going to have to go get that. Everything Frank does is amazing. Um, and actually his uh, partner, Maria, is super talented. And she provides us with the rainbow cookies for our rainbow cookie flavor. Wow. So, yeah. Um, I recently went to a place, I hope it's either Meme's Diner or Mimi's Diner. Yeah. Is it Mimi's? Oh. I always have a discussion I think with it's people. Mimi's. Is it a Meme's sure. or Mimi's? You know, I'm not, as a foreign, I'm not good to. But it was really a delicious, delicious meal. I really loved it a lot. They had this ginormous um, like fried chicken sandwich and a biscuit. Anytime I see a fried chicken and a biscuit, I'm like, I'm, mm. I'm getting it. Sold. As I said, I was in Indiana for a very long time. So. <laughs> and, that was, and the whole entire meal was really great. And I love how creative they are. Um, and then not far from them was another great uh, cafe bakery of... Um, called Chia Gloria. Oh, yeah. Uh, from Renato, who who uh, was one of the founders of Baked. I really love him and admire him. He's worked on Baked, and he does really amazing I stuff. I need to go there. And, yeah, you I've should heard go. incredible it's really things. Great. Yes. Yeah, yes, it's yes. really great. I mean, there's so many great places. Anytime I go to sweets, uh, Stick With Me Sweets from Susanna Yoon, like, I think every single bite that I have there, I'm just like, that that, that woman is a, a master. Wait, Mira, it's have master. you been to Cafe Pana? <gasps> okay, I knew. Wow. I tried a lot of. Yes, I haven't been. Shame on me. <laughs> I brought some but stuff. I've tried. Yes, yeah. I wanted to say that earlier. Like you know, I had a privilege of tasting a lot of your things as you were in a testing process throughout the right. year while you were opening. So I got a chance to try a lot of your uh, um, items. My favorite one, I think it was an olive oil ice cream, and I think yeah. you had a chocolate. It was that. Stretchatella one? It changes literally yeah, every that, day. I really love that. And I remember when you took our sour cherry jam. Okay. And made so I need to tell you. As well. um, you're the sour cherry liqueur. So I have this. Ha- changing the flavors every day makes it really fun to like. Literally I can collect random things and make flavors out of them. So the goodie bag at Sweets and Sips. Yeah. Another amazing part of it. The sour cherry liqueur. Amazing. We made. Uh, so, vacha. Okay. That's Miro's, <laughs> Miro, this, is, this is Miro's homemade sour cherry liqueur he makes every year and bottles. It's not my granny's so recipe, sorry. I <laughs> like, kept myself from just drinking the bottle and instead made a caramel out of it, this bright red, like 
Like oh, wow. cherry brandy caramel. We added some cherry brandy too that one of my team members brought. Huh. And um, it was this bright pink swirl for a for a Valentine's Day flavor. Oh. Um, with hazelnut thumbprints. So thank you for that. Oh great, no. Great contribution. No, I'm, I'm very honored that you <laughs> I did love this. That. Yes, but I'll be there. I'll be there. I promise okay, cool, you. Cool. Okay. So next one, I think. I mean, you might have just answered it, but what, what was the last time you really impressed yourself with a flavor or dessert where it was just like the first time you thought of it, you you made it, and it was just like this is it. Who? Um, I mean, I'm always always excited with a new thing, right? Like it's like that. Oh, it's like my new kid. I'm so excited about it, and I don't like anybody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm bored of everyone. But uh, what I was really excited about, and I want to give a shout out to my sous chef Shari, who created a really, uh, you know, an amazing Sunday. The latest Sunday that we are serving at a tavern. Uh, she really worked hard on it, and it is uh, Meyer lemon uh, Sunday. So she did this like a beautiful Meyer lemon sorbet with um, sheep's milk, frozen yogurt, mm. and swirled it together with a homemade graham crackers, um, uh, pink uh, pink peppercorn uh, marshmallows, mm-hmm. and Meyer lemon curd, and it's super delicious, refreshing, very bright. You know, it is yet wintry, and then again, some uh, springy, just like our weather every day is different, and <laughs> it's really, really an amazing. So I'm really excited about, and I hope everybody, please come to Gramercy haven't and try while it's available i'll be there tonight mira 100 <laughs> percent um okay favorite thing uh thing i've impressed myself with actually i think like since the flavors change every day there's always like a big if 80 percent of them are hits it's a great rate right like we can say goodbye to one today that we and we can bring it back over and over again if it's amazing so what i will say though is that like the affogato sunday which to me is like the signature item at cafe pana to be perfectly honest with you, was not even part of the concept until I did this pop-up right before Cafe Pana. And I was like, okay, we have one item we can do, like what's gonna like bring together, like, you know, the, like, and so I was like, let's do Afrikaner Sundays. And like, I think I looking only back- I that. That's yeah, the only thing I get. No, and like looking back, it's like, well, duh. That's, yeah. that's exactly what it is. It's like Italian and American and like, all at once. So and you have a lot of them, right? You probably have a avocado bar. Yeah, we yeah. have we have an avocado menu. So we yeah. have like the classico, which is sweet cream or vanilla mm-hmm. with panna and espresso. If if you're that kind of person, and we do have those people who are just like yeah. avocado, and you don't even ask. <laughs> and then we have the chocolate. Why not chocolate yeah. ice cream? And then a the mocha. coffee avocado, which is our cafe bianco. So it's white. Mm. We steep coffee beans in the, in the ice cream, um, to, like just until they flavor it so it's not like super super strong uh-huh. um, with stracciatella and then the avocado sundae which changes every day and has you know crunches drizzles amazing that's the only way I, I do coffee is with the ice cream oh, I do not wow. like plain coffee uh, either in the ice cream or with the ice cream have you had a cafe compana that's my uh, favorite daily beverage it's no. just espresso with dollop of pana it's no it's I don't think so is that pan? I mean, pan, you said like a whipped cream. Oh, yeah. Mitschlag, yes. I, I'm in, in oh, survey right now, it is oh, Mitschlag. Yeah. Okay. No, Mitschlag. actually, I was thinking of this t-shirt, making a t-shirt that was like Campana, Mitschlag, yes. whipped cream. Like yeah. all the different ways oh, that's of Yes, cute. of that's course, cute. of course. So you got to go to Vienna for that. Yeah. Right. Um, now on the other end, when was the last total disaster where you're like, I got to walk away from this one? Oh. <laughs> oh, God, you go first. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, okay, wait, wait. We need to think. We need God. to think. We're both very positive which is uh, good. Positive yes. people, so we can't yeah, think. For everyone at home, we're like, oh my God, I can never make ice cream as good as Hallie or desserts as good as Miro. They're just like us. Oh, yeah. I mean, shit happens, too. Sorry right. for my language. Things happen a lot. I mean, the last one that I remember, it was actually, I felt bad because they ruined some of the desserts. Like, Shilpa made this delicious, um, we went to see a friend 
uh, who was sick, getting out of hospital. So she made this beautiful uh, dacquoise with um, um, vanilla diplomat. Like I think she was making Flow Breakers cake, if if I can remember it. So she made it, and then she kind of didn't feel, and she went to work, and she's like texting me like, you know, I feel like you need something on top. So I go in our fridge, and we have like zillions of preserves that we buy from all over the world when we travel. So like, we had this like um, uh, forest berry preserve that I think I got in Bosnia or Croatia mm-hmm. when we went to travel, and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna melt that and put it on top. It's gonna be delicious. <laughs> and um, wow. and you never know, you know, these were like purchased from like a small farm you don't know what it put in there you don't know it's just a sugar Uh-oh. or lugos or who knows what i was just like it's gonna be fine so by the time i packed it it looked beautiful we went to uh, uh to see a friend and i opened the box and just the, sh- the, the the liquid the sugar just broke down the cream and started like seeping everywhere oh. it was just like this hot ugly mess oh. and oh, no. i felt so bad i thought you were gonna say it had like some kind of like like canned bacteria. No, 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 like, no it was fine. It was fine. It was it's delicious. It just He's like, oh, the frosting it just looked like a diarrhea. Excuse my language. <laughs> it was so bad, and I felt so bad because you know I I, I tried to do my best to like. Yeah. Make it special, but you know, even pastry chefs actually a lot with them. When I make rainbow cookies, sometimes I'll just like use whatever random Ooh. jams I have, and sometimes like the combos like, are just like, yeah, not, like no, peach ginger should not have been mixed with. This yes, other unless one. Yeah. you made it yourself and you know what went into it, then use it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unless Flavor? it's Miro's sour cherry liqueur. Okay, um, actually, it wasn't an ice cream. Um, it was a pound cake that. Um, someone just uh, it's ultimately my fault but just the sugar never ended up in it so it was so you know i see this i'm like wow it like it's really beautiful like holding together like really nicely you know and and made the mistake of not tasting it before (laughs) serving it um and then served it and of course like a very prominent food writer um in New York came in and had it that day. Luckily, like, didn't say anything or, like, notice <laughs> about oh, wow, it. I love how it's I like that it's not creamy. too sweet. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, oh. Yeah, everybody loves to say that, right? <laughs> oh, my God. And so only, like, a few hours into serving it. I do I think that there, there's when a... When it became a, a block of ice. <laughs> there's a there's a concept of, like, I mean, people are sheep, and they, they're, like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden people are saying, it's like, oh, I like that. It's not too sweet. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I can't like sweet desserts. Yeah, like yeah. Um, wonderful. This is my favorite question so we, um, we're going to play fuck marry kill uh, okay. but with foods um, Hallie Ooh. since you change your flavors every day yes. I couldn't do flavors so we're going to do gelato with cream or panna <gasps> and espresso wow that's <laughs> terrible that's so terrible okay um, okay fuck marry kill fuck marry kill okay so I would probably to be perfectly honest I would probably kill the gelato wow uh, what yeah. listen the truth yes. the truth hurts Fuck the Pana and marry the espresso. Yeah. Love it. I mean, all right, live your truth. Yeah. Uh, and Miro, I'm going to do with some of my favorite items that you do at Gramercy. <laughs> so it will be the ice cream sundae, the cookie plate, and your focaccia. This is like so the, the worst. This is, yeah, <laughs> this is the hard-hitting question. Cookie plate, focaccia, and ice cream sundae. I think I would uh, kill focaccia. I know you like that. I'm sorry. The apple Uh, cheddar one. Mm. Yeah, I like it, but the other two, um, I would uh, marry a a cookie, and I guess I'll fuck the (laughs) sundae. There we go. (laughs) Great answers. 
Um, and I guess to, to kind of end this beautiful discussion, where do you see your careers in the next few years in terms of dessert? What do you want to do? What do you see for, like, uh, with Pana, you, do you want more Panas? Do you want... I just want to open tomorrow. Okay, that's it. <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's definitely where I'm at right now. Very much like I have three very simple but challenging goals. They're proving happy, empowered team of people who um, are growing at Cafe Fana. Super delighted guests and uh, one sustainable business. And until all those are heading in the correct direction at the same time. I think time, you are heading in a, in a correct direction. Yes. You're there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would love actually to, um, to before kind of expanding on the Cafe Pana thing, do a couple other, like maybe Trattoria Pana, Bar Pana. Like, there's a lot of other different. I love that. Italian well, also, I mean, the, the most pressing thing that we need to do once my schedule opens up a little bit is we are going to be doing yes. our collaboration with my brownies. Must. Must. The mix in. Anytime. Okay. Okay. We'll do it. You I actually have some brownie. Did you post Drop it? them off. I, and I will. So I. I, I saw them. She's yes. fallen in love with the brownies that I make for Shabbat. And it's. There are. Yeah. Yeah. You said the, you're not sharing the recipe. That's the only recipe yeah. I don't yeah. share. No. But you, at least you're going to really share the brownies. You don't I'll have to bring them to people. Yes. We're going to do it. Maybe it should be like a sumac base. Yes. I was thinking about that. Or we can talk, but I have a very top secret recipe coming out in my book that is going to also be great. When is the book coming out? uh, Are you allowed to say? Spring of next year. Yay. Yes, very exciting. Um, Miro, Gramercy, any hopes for... for, question. (laughs) It it could be as simple as like a dessert you want to put on the menu. Yeah, I mean, I love working in a Gramercy tavern and I don't really see myself leaving anytime soon. I think it's just working hard in still being relevant and mm. creating amazing uh, desserts. Uh, you know, I, I think the best part of my job is fostering and educating the team of people mm-hmm. that work with me. I think that's the biggest accomplishment that yeah. any uh, person, any and any uh, you know, chef or boss or employer can um, ever have is, you know, awards and all of that. Praises are all great. But when I see somebody who worked with me uh, mm-hmm. go on and become pizza chef at mm-hmm. Union Square Cafe, which is mm-hmm. Daniel Lavares, who used to be my sous chef, you know, when I see... Um, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, makes, obviously, um, in the, yeah, the, the ex- Krona. Uh, not ex- the one we got Krona. The Krullers. <laughs> the yeah. Krullers. Yeah, exactly. I won't even edit that out. I'll just I'll own it. I'll own it. Yeah. Um, Another former sous chef of mine, uh, uh, Brittany Ronan, is you know she sent me um, an email recently, like she's mm. opening her own business, and I just got another email from from former employee who wants to come in and talk to me about their next steps. So it's it's amazing uh, to me. Those are great things. So I want to really focus on that. You know, have a great and amazing team working uh, with me right now, and I want to help them all and just become great. Easter cooks at Gramercy Tavern, but move forward and achieve the you know their potential and the greatness that they all deserve. I love That's it. So I mean, cool. the word relevance, like that choice was honestly, I don't know, that just really resonated with me because I feel like that's what everyone is doing no matter what. Yeah. It, like, it doesn't matter. Yes, you can have, exactly. you can have huge, you can have huge dreams, you can have tiny dreams. All of it comes down to like, you have to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amazing. Well, thank you both yeah. so much. Thank, thank you, Jake. They both brought me pastries, so I will <laughs> now stop recording Precious and eat all these pastries. <laughs> okay. 
Thanks for listening. To learn more about the food and drink discovery platform that is The Feed Feed, head to thefeedfeed.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Feed Feed and myself at Jake Cohen. And be sure to go to Gramercy Tavern and Cafe Pana when you're here in New York City. Um, if you have a tip on who the next social media culinary star will be, who is the restaurant or bakery that has the most lit Instagram account, let us know. Send us a DM. We will see you next time. The Feed Feed is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.